Nerd Appropriate presents exclusive coverage of the Bioware Base, recorded live at PAX Prime 2013. All right. Welcome to the Rated NA Podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. As you'll notice, this is not a numbered uh, podcast. We're doing a whole special series for you. Yeah, we're going to be bringing you a total of 12 different podcasts recorded live at the Bioware base this year's PAX Prime. So make sure to click subscribe and enjoy. Uh, thank you all for joining us this morning, and welcome to the uh, Getting a Job at BioWare panel. Uh, my name is David Lulegard. I'm the social media coordinator for BioWare. I'm going to run through the uh, panelists here and let you all introduce yourself, starting with uh, Mike. Hi, uh, Mike Laidlaw, creative director for Dragon Age. Getting ready for my panel later. <laughs> I'm Mason Logan, and I'm a lead recruiter for BioWare. Cameron Lee, I'm a producer at uh, BioWare. Leanne Cortash, I'm in HR at Bioware. Guess Bioware yeah. I'm Tula McNally, I'm the um, Development QA Director for Montreal and Edmonton. Hey, I'm Matt Rhodes, and I'm a concept artist. Uh, hi, I'm Sean Clubrun, <laughs> I'm uh, the Technical Director for Dragon Age. I'm uh, Luke Christensen, I'm a Senior Writer at Bioware. Alright, All right, just before we start today, I wanted to get sort of a show of hands in the room. Um, obviously, we have people here from all disciplines across uh, our Bioware studios. Um, everyone raise their hand who's interested in art. Wow. Okay. How about design? <laughs> How about production? No. Uh, hey! There you go. Come to the dark side. <laughs> How about quality insurance? Yeah. All right. And programming. Marketing? Oh, and programming. Programming? Yeah. He's raised his hands like six Yeah, you want everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Oh, yeah. No. Hey. Really? Okay. <laughs> Way to represent. Thank Everybody you. <laughs> well, I'm going to start you guys off here uh, with some really tough questions about getting a job at Bioware. Uh, I'm going to start with what's your favorite part about working for Bioware? <laughs> start with you, Mike. Let's see. Um, okay, so I I think you know it's it's I have a I have a weird job where you know there's there's a lot of stuff going on and um, that that really is what it is is that it's been challenging. I've been there for almost eleven years now, and uh, each and every year has thrown something new at me, uh, a cool new thing to do. Um, you know, changing roles. There's been lots of opportunities for advancement, and definitely um, uh, kind of this cool broadening. And uh, in terms of what my responsibilities are, but even you know, regardless of, of level and stuff, I think the studio itself is very supportive of exploring. Like, there's something I really want to focus in on. Um, one really good example: they aren't they aren't here, but but Nick Thornbrough and Ben Jelena are, are you know an editor and concept artist. But they they kind of glommed on to working with Dark Horse. They made the World of Thetis lore book you can see over there. 
And they, they, they basically ended up running that entire project by themselves, right? It was something they were really passionate about, and they were able to tackle it. So for me, that, that, that level of support in pursuing something I wanted to do, um, that, that you know, I can give that to them or, or whatever, is really, really, really cool. Uh, for me, I would say it's, number one, the people are amazing at Bioware. Everyone is just awesome. We have a very collaborative studio environment, very open, very transparent. Um, passion as well. Everyone at Bioware is just incredibly passionate about games, about the industry, about what they actually do. Um, I see it every day, and it's just it's so inspiring every day to come to work and, and see that passion run through. And then also our products. Hello. We make, like, great, <laughs> great games. And I'm a huge sci-fi and, and fantasy nerd, so it's just a great place, <laughs> great place to be. Uh, for me, it's uh, similar to Mike. I mean, no day is ever the same. So that's fantastic to be around. Um, and the people are great, of course. And the level of creativity and focus on quality is more than all the other studios I've worked at, probably combined. So, um, well, you know, I'm an HR, so I'm supposed to say the people. <laughs> 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 but I actually really like the people, so it helps out. Um, one of my, you know, I, Mike and I came to Bioware around the same time. So, yeah, almost 11 years watching the studio grow and change and, and evolve. Um, we've become much more, I don't want to say mature, but, you know, just, just, better. We get better at, at every year at what we do, and, and we're always learning. Um, one of my favorite things, it's a story I like to tell, I was walking through the office one day, and there was a couple guys, and they were, you know, talking Russian to each other. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And and then I walked into the games room, and there was a couple guys, they were playing ping pong, and they were speaking Dutch to each other. And I'm like, this is fantastic. I love that we have people from all over the world. I get to learn about about them, and they get to you know learn about us, and we bring them in from everywhere. So I think that that's great too. It's just really all of these people from all over the world that are really passionate about making our games, and I like being part of that. So I'm still sort of a newbie. I've been with Bioware for three years. Um, and some of the things that are very much fun for me is um, the sheer creativity and, and to be surrounded by so many creative and smart people in the studio. And sometimes you, I stop and I think, and when I bump into people like uh, Mike or, or Preston, I think, yeah, I, I work at Bio and it's awesome. And sometimes it's just good to remind yourself um, that you are working with such amazing talent um, with, I don't know, combined hundreds of years of uh, development experience. And it's also that there's no day where I have not learn anything new. So that's something I really appreciate. Um. Yeah, my, mine actually ties into that. There's this kind of, I've been doing this for nine years now, and there's this thing that still amazes me, and it's this like magic that happens where there's like a character or a location or something that I had my small part in putting my creativity into, and somewhere along the line it shows up finished, and it's like that character is standing somewhere breathing, and looking around and like they're actually alive and they have personalities and almost this soul that's kind of bigger than the sum of its parts and I, I just that that process and that like it just it never ceases to just make me like oh wow like so I, I hope that in another nine years I'm still just as thrilled by it 
Uh, for me, it's uh, definitely the collaboration between all the different uh, disciplines. Uh, so even though my craft is programming, uh, I still work with Mike a lot on design, and he at least pretends to welcome my feedback. So, uh, <laughs> so good, buddy. So good. Uh, yeah, for me, it's it's uh, the astounding opportunity to do this. This just doesn't exist at a lot of places. Um, even in the games industry, this is is a spectacularly rare uh, uh, thing. So, you know, that, and and working with you know, all these people, all these noobs. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Gizor. I've been there a while and seen us go through a lot of things, and it's just it's. It's an amazing industry. There's a lot that, if you're not freaking out, I feel a lot better about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an earthquake to freak me out. <laughs> Luke, Luke, how long have you been here exactly? Uh, 17 years. There you go. <laughs> I was writer zero on BG1. <laughs> so we're here to talk specifically about getting a job at BioWare. So what are the qualities that you're looking for uh, when you review candidates, what are the most attractive things about prospective employees? Down the line again? Sure. All right. Um, for me, um, I think probably the, the thing that stands out, uh, there's there's two I always look for. Um, I need to see samples of what you do. So, you know, uh, my discipline's design and, and you know, if I've, I've got a writing background. So if you can show me design docs, if you can show me, um, you know, ideally a working prototype, something you put together in Unity or a level you built in UDK or, or something that I can tangibly put my hands on and try. Even going to the Neverwinter or Dragon Age tool sets and putting something together there, um, it becomes a lot more real, right? And, and you can demonstrate your skill. And then coupling that with documentation lets me see the thought you've put into it. Like, so what was your intent? And I can evaluate, you know, execution compared to intent. Uh, and sometimes amazing intent can make up for less than stellar execution, right? Because you can teach that. But it's the chops and the guts. Um, the other big thing, and this 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 gets a little more into when once we're into interview phase, um, I, I have almost developed an expectation that if you're coming to interview at Bioware, that you can politely tell me what was wrong with my last game. Right and what you would do to fix it, and it may not be what we're going to do to fix it, but um, being a, being aware of, of gaming as a whole, playing games in it with a critical mindset, and saying, "Oh, geez, you know this this didn't work," and not going and posting frantically on a forum about how upset you are, <laughs> yeah. but instead, kind of internalizing, going, "Okay, I can see why maybe they made those decisions, but definitely here's some things we could have done better, or or a team could have done better." Um, and that level of critical thinking is when you're basically starting to think like a designer. Right, because you're thinking about the game as an art and a craft that can be improved, not something that just annoyed you. Right, so again, you come to an interview with me, I'll probably say, like, did you play Dragon Age Two? What was wrong with that cave? <laughs> the answer is we used it to make. Yeah, I was so, say, that, that, was, that was one. <laughs> so you know, if you're curious and you get there, that's that's your answer. No, that's great. I would definitely echo what Mike says. Um, I'm usually the the first person that if you do apply on Bioware, I do. Rest assured, I look at all the resumes and portfolios that you've come through. They don't go into a dark abyss. We do. I do actually review every single application that comes through. Um, basically, what I'm looking for is that initial resume. Um, add on a cover letter. Um, if you're applying for a content creator position, like art, design, um, writing, definitely include a link to your portfolio. If you don't have a portfolio online, get one. Um, there's tons of resources out there. You can go to WordPress or Tumblr, 
um, even getting sending us your uh, profile from one of the forums. You know, there's, there's lots of forums out there where you can add on your gallery and samples and, and stuff. Um, we also really want to see those side projects that you work on. If you're an animator and you love concept art, we definitely want to see we want to see that. Let's say you're I don't know a programmer and you cosplayers something like that. We and you have pictures. We, we want to know about those side projects. We want to know about your passions, what you're interested in, um, and then also that cover letter. Tell us why you want to work at Bioware. Give us uh, you know give us a good idea of who you are and what you're interested in. And um, yeah, I, I think that's it. Mm. Yeah, something on that point about like seeing your portfolio. I see a lot of people, I have seen a lot of people over the years, that they show the portfolio, they show the projects that were done in the university, and they're kind of like group projects. So everyone brings the same project, and it's really hard to actually recognize what that, this individual person contributed to the outcome of that game. Um, so either being able to clearly articulate what you contributed to that, or something unique that you guys did off the side from that, that's really important. So um, that's sort of for the content creation side production for those few of you who want to do it um, personality is really critical so the ability to um, just be energetic and to be able to chase down um, issues and get things done without pissing everyone off tenacious um, yeah tenacious is really important um, and that so that collaborative feel um, it's really hard to try and bring everything together um, when you have so many awesomely talented people um, doing their thing and they all have their own concerns and, and uh, motivations. So trying to wrap all of that and, and make sure that everyone's sort of satisfied and everyone can, can, um, you can boost the whole sort of um, completed experience. Um, so personality, teamwork, collaboration, you know, that, that drives to succeed. Uh, and also a, a really good knowledge and understanding of the market. Um, so what sort of games people play, why they play them, um, who the competitors are and stuff like that, and, and recognize where um, you might want to take something from being a sort of forward-looking um, vision is really important. And that's all stuff that you can have without experience. So, um, Well, David asked the question, you know, what do we want in an employee? I, ha I, I have the pleasure of dealing with the employees after they get hired. I'm not usually part of the, anymore, I'm not part of the, the whole recruiting process. I want, I want employees to be passionate. I don't want dicks in the office. <laughs> uh, there, yeah, there it is. Oh, HR sword first, yeah. Um, no, I don't. No, seriously I, true that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Every project I, has a pretty firm no asshole policy. Yeah. I mean, there's a few of us. Um, but there's, we want people that that can take that feedback. We want people that don't get mired in their own, own shit and they're not doing their, you know, they don't get... Uh, precious about their work because I want people that can take that feedback whether it's behavioral feedback or feedback on their work um, and and do something with it make make those changes that need to have them be you know more productive part of the team so I want people and I, I really want people to have a good sense of humor because <laughs> it's necessary when you're working a lot with groups of people for a long time you better be able to laugh mm -hmm. um, so that's what I want. I want people. That, I want people. I want to have a beer with. There. Ooh. So that's. There is a pub right downstairs. We tend to go there a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mike in particular. It's like, Cam, what are you doing? It's like lunch. It's, it's a like, coping mm, mechanism. Okay. <laughs> so what's important to me is um, having open-mindedness. Um, 
that humility, uh, critical thinking abilities, um, obviously in QA you have to solve a lot of pro problems, so as part of our recruitment we sometimes let people solve uh, puzzles or uh, play dice games to see how they, how they think, uh, what their thinking patterns are. Um, obviously a vested, vested interest in um, RPGs and video games and when you apply for a job, um, especially in QA, I want to know why you apply for the job. Um, obviously QA um, in our studio, I don't see it as a foot in the door in the industry. I, I want people who have actually an interest in testing and who understand that testing is not just sitting in front of a TV or a screen and playing games all day. It's actually uh, hard work and people who have maybe previous um, development experience, modding experience, um, 3D art interest, um, because we have different um, support that is required for the development team, so. Yeah, I, th I think mine kind of, I'll speak to it as a concept artist, but I think it applies to, to every discipline, that um, there are thousands of people who have portfolios that are pretty and look good and well-rendered and are just, they, like, one is kind of, pretty much like the other, but there are definitely people who stand out as their work has thought and it's surprising and you can tell that they've put put themselves into it and, and really they have, you can tell that they're, they've are they read books and, and you know, wow. ta have taken in culture and all this sort of stuff and they're, and they're bringing more to the table than just, it's a robot, like, you know, and because there are thousands of robots. Um, <laughs> so it's looking for those people who are engaged and who are bringing something, bringing that new perspective to the table and who just they want to they're, they're putting their soul in there yeah i think being able to that point i think being able to explain why you did something is really important so, oh yeah, yeah yeah big time uh so for the programming discipline uh usually our candidates are pretty concerned with what technologies or uh, tools that they have on their resume uh, and that's certainly important for senior positions uh, for sort of entry-level positions we're really interested in your problem solving uh abilities and your your ability to uh, do critical thinking uh, if you're able to nail our problem-solving questions that we throw at you, that's way more important to me than, uh, you know, if you know what the mutable keyword is in C++. <laughs> um, I'd say also on top of that is your uh, your passion for learning. Uh, usually, you know, we can read that based off of what your side projects are, like um, uh, Mesa was saying. Uh, so if we see that you're, you know, living and breathing, uh, problem-solving in, uh, in a game domain, then that's uh, that's really important to us. Yeah, on the writing side, um, for submissions anyway, we like seeing uh, um, things that aren't actually that complicated because uh, um, if, if you submit something that's the most creative thing ever, oh, this breaks all the rules, I don't know that you know the rules. <laughs> I just know that you broke them. Because <laughs> I don't know you yet. Because <laughs> you got to know them before you break them. Um, uh, we like seeing... Uh, um, Mike mentioned our tool set and stuff like that, but we've, we've had successful submissions through just uh, uh, Word docs, short stories, um, uh, uh, tabletop RPG kind of design, um, screenplay uh, things the, the 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 thing inherent in all of them is uh, the ability the ability to give up uh, to a certain extent the voice of your characters because there's a lot of people who can tell a really good story when they have control over every single thing and the first thing you give up in our games is 
all the motivation for the protagonist. I've got a clue what he's thinking. <laughs> I've got to present the options that I think he's thinking in a way that accommodates a couple of other ways he might be thinking. And that's the stumbling block for a lot of people that apply. They'll, 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 they'll submit something that is a, a very solid single path with some uh, kind of branching on the sides and we'll give a little feedback and then the next thing you get is an upside down Christmas tree that goes forever because they can't bring things back together. Um, uh, it's a it, it's it's a method of character building that is that is uh, uh, very unique to games, and it's hard to wrap your brain around. So with the industry changing all the time, and we're getting ready to enter a new generation of gaming, uh, I imagine like the fields of of need uh, seem to change with each generation as well. Uh, so maybe I'll start with you, Luke, down at the other end. Like, what are some areas of employment that you think are going to be in high demand for people that want to consider, you know, schooling to take a new route? Uh, that's, yeah, I don't know. I can, um, can we just grab it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's take it. Let's take it, yeah. I've actually been telling people fairly recently yeah. because you, you see more, uh, so, again, just speaking from art, there are, there are some colleges and various programs that are kind of like trying to cash in on the idea of video games and all that stuff. But I've been telling people to focus on, on, like go to places that offer the strong fundamentals, the classics, because mm. it, we don't in the in the case of an artist, we don't want a video game artist. We want an artist because an artist is a good video game artist, but a video game artist, not necessarily. The, you know, it it doesn't go yeah. both ways. Yeah. So so I, I imagine in a lot of cases, like well, you know, know the basics, know how know the rules, and then you can break the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, from a writing thing, uh, um, when you're coming to the games, you need to know a lot about the other systems that are at play in the company. You don't necessarily need to know how to do it, but you need to know their limitations, you need to know their benefits, you need to know how they function. Um, I've you know, taken baby's first uh, classes in scripting so I can understand how the technical side works. I've, I've uh, uh, read as much as possible on, on the art side. Uh, I follow this guy as much as all you people do. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's the writing uh, needs a breadth of knowledge about the genre, so you know, play the hell out of games. That's mm -hmm. that that's key. I mean, we have writing with we have writers with all sorts of education. Um, the the you know, do you need a degree? Well, if you want to cross the border, you do. Yeah. But other than that, maybe not. Maybe you just need a strong portfolio. Um, yeah, and, and learn to critique. I mean, I have I have the fair question that I ask people, which is similar to Mike's, which is, what, do you, what was wrong with the last game? Uh, what would you have done to fix that? And then I have the unfair question, which is, what would that have broken? <laughs> because we thought of that. Yeah. And we still did it because it was necessary. That's a lot of the bugs you encounter. They are there not because, oh, we missed that and we got lazy. No, it's because taking it out. It was a load-bearing member for something worse, you know, like the cave. You know, yeah, hey, yeah, we hated seeing the cave again. Okay, you want, you know, what the cave? What are you gonna cut? You gonna cut the pearl? You gonna cut your your apartment? You gonna cut uh, low town? You gonna what are you gonna cut? Like, and and can the story, can all your characters withstand that other thing going away? So you can have the other thing here. Um, I'd like to actually go a little back to the question. Let's <laughs> see about writing, though. Um, the uh, Matt 
touched on something that's really important about having the fundamentals. That's not just in art. That's totally in programming as well. Um, you need to understand how to that building block of foundation of, of knowledge. Um, same with, I think, all, almost all of yeah. our positions. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to know HR for video games. And, that, and that's going to go HR. across multiple generations Absolutely. and multiple platforms yeah. and, and multiple you know, genres. It's... Yeah. So and I think right now, and I think right now, I want, I want, we, we want technic, people that can think technically. Like Luke was talking about the idea that you need to know what's going on in the other departments. I need artists that are great artists, but understand that there are some still limitations with the tools. Yeah, I guess and it's about everything. dependencies. So yeah. Even yeah. if even if you are an artist, um, you should still sort of understand how programming plays into the game, so Definitely. you understand the dependencies. Um, and you don't have unrealistic um, expectations into the programming department. Yeah. yeah, when I first got into the industry, I had no idea what a texture was. Literally. I'm like, what is a texture? What's a model? How does that work? Um, shaders? Yeah, shaders. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, so, yeah, I, I actually I went and did a, I mean, I got into the industry, but then later on I went and did a, a really quick sort of online, um, like, 3D uh, art course just to get some sort of background and understanding of that. I'm really bad, man. Like I can, I, I can draw a stick I, figure. It's funny. I've actually been talking about. It. I, I kind of want to do a production one. There you go. Good. I don't know where to go, but that would be awesome. Yeah. Open Excel. Start <laughs> entering data. Uh, there is, there is a few things I think for the uh, the next gen that um, that would behoove you, and I think that everyone is correct in saying, get your foundations solid first, right? Because, because like. You know, you can't come to me with all your all your next gen information when you don't have first gen, right? Like you need to understand where we're coming from. You know, play some adventure games and 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 see us later. But um, the big things I think that we're seeing in this generation is that that um, we're we're well past the curve where uh, visual fidelity is the limiting factor and, and a deciding quality point for your game. Uh, it's still absolutely key that you have it, but we're not we're at the point where we're making you know the incremental gains as opposed to massive leaps generation over generation. You can see that in the stuff that that uh, you've seen come out already, right? It's like, oh, that looks better, but not like not compared to what it was from going PS1 to PS2. You know, like that was that was leagues ahead. So um, the thing that that the the industry is exploring right now, and I think the the thing that I would I would encourage you to do is understand the act of the exploration is uh, alternate interfaces, right? So we've seen the Wii U, we've seen Motion, we've seen Smart Glass come in, we've got all these doodads, right? Connect, uh, voice, uh, uh, unidirectional treadmills while wearing an Oculus Rift, which sounds like <laughs> a terrible idea, but, you know, <laughs> if you don't value your body, go ahead. Yeah. But, and we actually have those coming into the studio, which is going to be rad. Um, but, the, but the thing is, understanding not only that those are coming, but they're not all going to win, right? You know, uh, uh, you remember the VMU on the Dreamcast, the little memory card that actually you could play, like a little, yeah, the Power yeah, Glove, yeah, exactly, and and the Power Glove, yeah. exactly. They don't all make it, and some of them come back later, right? The Power Glove is basically Connect now. It's just you don't need the glove, right? Yeah. Um, and and the VMU is Smart Glass, right? So it's it's cool. It's back or or DS. Um, but they, they evolve and they change. So being able to watch that and understand not only what do they do, what do they offer, what are the strengths, but knowing the limitations and understanding which ones survive, which ones are the future, and which ones aren't. And then the more you pay attention to that, the more you're, you're grounded for the next generation jump when it's all, I don't know, we plug it directly into our brain. So, Yeah, I, I think it's understanding what, what is, what's important to the people that you're making the game for. Um, and that doesn't, it doesn't mean that I have to have something like this or Smart Glass or Connect or whatever. Um, but it's an understanding of what experience you want to create for them and what, what they want. Um, I think that will go across all the different disciplines. 
Um, so again, it goes back to the point of get, get fundamentals right. So. I'm going to open this one up to whoever would like to, uh, to take a stab at it. But uh, I'm curious because a big part of success is having a great mentor, like a, a great leader to kind of help guide you along your career. And I'm just wondering if any of you can recall a piece of advice that you were given when you started out that really helped shape your career. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to do mine because it came from Luke. Because when I, when I first started, Luke was, Luke was there. And it was uh, KOTOR. It was, was deep in production. I think you just, if I remember, it was day two. Uh, the lead designer for Jade Empire at the time had, had just taken off the GDC. So I'm sitting in an office by myself with this new guy who had just come in. And Luke had rewritten an entire dialogue because some, something got messed up by the programmers. Programmers. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it, was, it was this amazing piece of advice because you were saying, well, you know, sometimes... You need to learn to deal with, you know, there's going to be technical problems. You were kind of telling me the story about how this file had gone down. And you were like, for instance, and you double-clicked it, and it opened up, and it reverted again. And as you were telling me, you know, you need to learn to deal with these tough situations and, and so on, you basically went, Gah! and he was gone. Just out the door, a little fire trail behind him. Uh, and, and that actually really stuck with me because, because you hadn't made any permanent enemies in the course of that rage, but, but at least you taught me how to externalize it as well. Um, but, but that actually, that's, it goes to Cameron's point, right? People skills, uh, conflict resolution, and remembering that you're on a team um, was something that, that looked, you know, kind of, I basically got to see the blast furnace of KOTOR in finaling as one of my first things that I didn't have to be part of, but I got to observe it and go, wow, okay, everybody is really stressed because you're trying to make an amazing Star Wars game, right? And like, at that time, the burden was so enormous. And they did it. Absolutely, they did it. And watching that kind of just from the edge was an amazing experience for me. So that was, that was, it was good to have that mentor there, but it was also good to kind of be able to see what they were dealing with and go, okay, cool. One day I'd, I'd like to be there. And Jade Empire, we sure got there. Yeah. <laughs> I know I had, I had, this one goes farther back for me, but I had a, a high school art teacher that basically just told me not to use an eraser. Ever. Cool. And and all that did simple enough, and it, it was just a little thing, but but it, it was like it forced me to just be confident and just keep moving forward. And that like every drawing, it's going to turn out bad. Throw it away, or forget it, or put it in a vault and laugh at it in twenty years. But it's just like it's just that confidence. Just keep going. Just keep going. Don't look back. Just keep doing new, something new, something new, something new, and learn learn from it. But just keep going. Mentors, wow. I never had a mentor that, that for the industry um, that sort of impacted me getting in or, or sort of that. But I did have a mentor that was outside of the industry before I, I got in. That was when I was working in like corporate kind of stuff. Um, and I had my own business and I, I got some other directors involved because uh, I was like 19 or 20 and knew nothing about anything. Um, so I got this guy and he was an absolute psycho. Um, he was like this salesman guy. He was brutal. Um but through his actions, he taught me to be uh, professional um, because and, and that expectations are really important. Um, and so I very quickly learned uh, that you can't just try 50%. You know, you've got you've to gotta just go 120% kind of thing. Um, and I think anyone that's sort of successful in the sort of industry they make is, is like that. You know, they have to push themselves. They have to be willing to be passionate about what they do uh, and strive for it and, and chase their dreams and do it. Um, and without someone like that, that actually sort of just teaches you that, okay, it's hard work, and that's okay, 
um, I don't think I would have got into the industry. Something something we do as part of our um, part of our interview process is to try and provide a bit of that. Uh, I think very often uh, we see it a lot with design candidates, definitely writing candidates. Um, is that we will we'll, we'll give you feedback specifically on on a submission. If you've seen my promising candidate, you've had a good maybe first phone interview. Um, we'll often push something back to you and say, okay, so here's here's some here's some things you're missing. Let us kind of reset. And I remember I remember Luke went through one recently where where he kind of said, okay, so I really like what you're doing, but let's talk through some of the rules that we would go by in terms of how we structure it. And uh, a big part of that is saying, you know, men- mentoring is about someone giving you feedback. And in our case, we try to to see how you respond to the feedback. Can you internalize it? Do you seem to understand it? Um, and and how do you take it, right? You know, if the response is radio silence, then we know we probably are gonna have a tough working relationship later when we tell you stuff isn't good. Um, but that's, uh, it's something that I think it runs pretty deep in the BioRecord. We definitely try to pair up, like, you know, if you're a new writer, you will be put into a, a, a room with a group of writers who will all be looking at your stuff and peer reviewing it. So. Even as part of the interview process, we try to look at that for, for review. You know, the level designers all get together. They play each other's levels. They, they critique them. Um, so as part of your interview, expect that as well. Uh, so for me, uh, whenever I step into a new role or take on a new job, I'm very self-critical of myself, and I get very stressed out. I get performance anxiety, and uh, it's almost all-consuming. So when I... Uh, Stepped into the the lead programmer role for Dragon Age. Uh, same thing. I was getting all stressed out, second guessing all my uh, decisions. And uh, my uh, my mentor at the time, he uh, he told me, you know, why why are you letting this eat out of you? Uh, I mean, what's what's the worst case that can happen? The worst thing, I'm gonna fire you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that totally put it into perspective. Like that's really not the end of the world. I'll get another yeah. job somewhere. And that uh, since then, it's. Uh, it's uh, helped me put things into perspective. I think what's important to me is that you know what you want. And that's a question that my mentor asked me. He said, what do you want? And I thought, what do you mean, what do you want? And <clears throat> when I started um, after university, um, I always wanted to be a producer, pro- producing movies, um, because I had a bit of a movie uh, uh, background, be a producer in games. Um, and I was interviewing for for a different job for a producer, and the person said, "You know, I think you really like to interact uh, with people. You really like organizational structures. I think you are more suited for an operational job." And I took that as an insult. And then I took this job at Bioware, and I realized that this is what I made for. But I think sometimes people have this perception of, "I think I should be a designer or this or that because either it's cool or it's." I don't know, it's the flavor of the day or it's what your parents expect, but I think it's like really what you, what will make you happy because you will do this uh, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And I think when you choose a path as an artist and you really have a passion and you want to do this and you love doing this, for me at Bioware, my job doesn't feel like a job. It's just I enjoy it. I love it. Um, even if the day is tough, even if we have to um, deal and solve a lot of problems, I still... I still love doing this, and I think in 10 years from now, I'm still going to sit here and say I still love doing this because I don't see it as a job, uh, and I think that's, that's a big advice that I took from my mentor that I would like to pass on. I think that's a really important point. I think most people in the industry uh, are probably like that. I mean, it's it's a dream job for, for a lot of us, you know, and you have to chase that, that dream, you know, you have to love what you do, and, and if you do it, then, then awesome, right? 
Um, so if it's really what you want to do, then do it. You know, don't spend two years and then go, oh, I'll go work at a bank because you want to kill yourself working at a bank. <laughs> um, you know, so keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. Um, and then if it sacrifices well, like if it means you have to move to Edmonton where it snows, what? Right? Oh. then you do it. Um, and that's the level of um, dedication it can sometimes take to, to, to succeed and, and to get in the industry. I'd but like to point it. out really that, like, I don't, I don't, because you came before at me. Everybody at this table except for me moved to Edmonton. Mesa moved to Edmonton from somewhere else. Mm. So people do it. Oh yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, it's cool. Driving on snow is like driving on a slushy. So there's some fun. To it. And honestly, if you have, well, I've just learned particularly recently, if you have snow tires and the Skyrim soundtrack. Oh. oh man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be Winter's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like I'd like to open it up and really get your questions. Um, you know, I could sit here and ask some questions all day and will uh, if they don't stop me. So, um, if you guys want to raise your hand, uh, if you have a question you'd like to ask the panel, uh, we got Hillary running around with a the microphone there. Let's make sure it's on. There we go. <laughs> Um, so this is sort of a multi-tiered question because you guys, just because of, I feel like the nature of your story and how wonderfully human they are, even if they involve things that aren't necessarily human, have sort of acquired a very devoted fan base. So, one, how do you deal with fans that can be so overzealous of and uh, in, in their affection for your product that they sort of cross a boundary sometimes? And two... Are you allowed to be a fan of your own thing? Like, do you create characters that you would want to cosplay in your spare time? Or can you, are you allowed to geek out about your own stuff? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, would, I would just throw in now, I actually even just recently told Game Informer, I don't think they actually use it, but that honestly, I feel like an in-house fan artist. Like, I'm a fan artist on the payroll. Like, I, And, and a, a lot of the stuff that, that like ends up getting put out or that people do or whatever can sometimes just be like speculative or like, wouldn't this be awesome? And it's like, yes, that would, and that's impossible. And that would make a bunch of people have to work really long hours, so we're not doing that. But, you know, it's fun, and we kind of have that back and forth, and it's this constant, exciting discussion. Sorry, uh, to the Overzealous oh, yeah. fans oh. question. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> we got we got lost in geeking out about our own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's your pretty clear indicator. Um, the... Uh, uh, you have to recognize, you know, that, that, you know, fan is short for fanatic, right? It's, it's all part of that same process. And, uh, you know, love can very quickly flip into hate on occasion. And it's more, all passion, man. It's, it's all passion. Oh. Um, and the, the thing is, is you have to, you have to be humble about it. You have to respect it. And, um, the thing that we found that really works the best, you know, when people kind of, kind of go over the line a little, um, listen, listen politely. Uh, you know, because because what they have to say is important to them, and, and it's um, it's guaranteed to be good feedback of some sort. Uh, you have to filter, though, and the only uh, the only danger we've had is is where you know people start to take it a little too seriously, like you know that you start hearing a thousand voices and forgetting that millions of people play the game, and that thousand voices is all you hear. So you you have to respect that they're taking the time out of their day to, to tell you I didn't like this or I love this or I love this a little too much um, and that's that's all fine but when that happens um, you also have to take that larger perspective which is to say like look we sell a lot of copies of our games a lot of people play them and um, you know you're typically dealing with a minority whenever there's that level of feedback coming in so um, <laughs> you know you don't, you don't design your entire game for that thousand people right that's pretty self-limiting um, 
And again, respect it, listen, you know, respond as best you can and know when to disengage, you know, when necessary, because, because we're people and we have limits and you can only handle so much, um, but you do the best you can. Uh, I have uh, sort of a multi-tiered question as well. Um, my first is, uh, my background's theater, both writing, acting, um, directing, and um, I also have a background in long-form improvisation, which is a very specific form of improvisation. How would you uh, go about showing that on a resume or a thing? Because it's something that you do in the moment all the time. Um, and my other question is, uh, in theater, there is... Um, for certain companies, a person called a dramaturg. And um, what that person does is they, they go through everything that the, the theater might create and will create. And while they don't actually specifically touch anything and the people's whose job it is to do certain things, it's their job, they are um, a person that makes sure that everything sort of falls into step with itself so that there's a line moving forward instead of a bunch of scattered people moving forward. Um, is there a job like that in the video game industry? Producer. <laughs> yeah. So, producer, join the dark side. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> and it's really, and when you were asking how to show your skills and improvisation on a resume, you got to figure that one out. <laughs> and you <laughs> we can also idea. have links yeah. to, your, to your videos if, if you want to show that. Um, I would suggest putting that either on your cover letter or on your resume. Um, having a blog Having those videos up on there also might be another avenue for you to look at too. I'll give you the I'll give you the most powerful thing improv teaches you, and it's something we use all the time in brainstorming. Is that you fundamentally all, all good improv and correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is that it, it starts from a place of yes and right okay good. So otherwise we've been doing it wrong for like a decade <laughs> because because it's the thing there is there is a very valuable skill there and it goes back to people skills which is I've had an idea. Okay, yes, that, that is an idea. And, and you grow from it, right? Because if you start saying no, but, then you, you're, you're instantly chopping ideas down, you're cutting them down. Um, and we use a lot of techniques like that. One that, uh, we use, um, on, uh, on different writing teams has been, you know, okay, I'm owning that this isn't a good idea, but it might get us to a good idea. So let me just throw it out there, right? And, you know, there's no ego in it. It's just like, okay, what if you wrote a unicycle? And it's like, that's not a great idea. But, okay, but then that turns into, yes, and but it could be it could be like a different type of transportation. And suddenly yeah. you grow and you grow and you grow and you hit the microphone. But <laughs> that's what that's what improv gives you. So when you when you want to talk about it, you'd want to say that that's the valuable skill you've learned, right? Yeah. And and I, I hate the word no. It, it drives me absolutely mental. Like, everything is possible. Mm -hmm. It's just, to a loose point, what are you willing to give up for it? So, yeah, and we we have a writer at uh, uh, Bioware right now who has that exact background. Uh, Kathleen Roussard, who worked on uh, uh, Mass Three, came out of uh, uh, legendary Edmonton comedy troupe Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie and Theater Sports. <laughs> and uh, uh, hell, that that's Markner does that now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So it's it's a great background to to, to to come from. I'm not sure what her application process was. So. All right. Hello. Um, I just had a question for maybe those of us that are coming from a career change, like we're in a certain career, but we'd like to get into the video game industry. Or for those of us that are haven't even started college and we're very new to this and we're a little overwhelmed, what would be some good words of advice for those to get started, like putting together a resume, like 
what would you types of things that you would recommend putting on there or any just advice general advice on getting started on putting something together i'd say that one of the big things for any <laughs> discipline is showing stuff that you have finished like because that's one of like i was saying yesterday that's one of the hardest things to do is to finish something and the more you've done i mean that's what a, that's really what a college that's what a degree is it's like yep i finished it wow good for you awesome <laughs> yeah now what can you do yeah yeah but you know finish an illustrate finish like a storyboarded sequence finish a um animatic reel finish a short story yeah. like uh yeah whatever yeah i would also echo um doing a lot of research and and exactly where you want to go and, and what type of skill set you want to pursue in the gaming industry. Um, we have, I mean, everyone up here on the panel comes from a different discipline, so really identifying exactly what you want to do and finding out, um, you know, if you're looking at a particular company, find out who who the people are in that discipline and doing some research on that background, on their background and seeing where they, come, where they came from and how they got started and sort of their career track will give you a good idea maybe it's to how you can how you can start course. Yeah, maybe have a chat if you're coming from a different industry, maybe have a chat to someone who's now in the games industry so you can get an idea about how your uh, current industry skills can translate mm -hmm. across so that you can articulate that when you're in interviews. So one thing I did um, while I was at university and after university <coughs> were internships. Because when I didn't know really which field I'm interested in, just apply for different types of internships to, to see if you will actually like that type of work uh, or not. Um, and it's something you can put on your resume. And having having realistic expectations about starting out is really critical. I've had, you know, a few times where people will be like, "I want your job." It's like, well, <laughs> that's a that's a fine long term goal, but <laughs> you're probably not starting there, right? You know, um, uh, you 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 want to start in a discipline, you want to work your way up, um, and you need to, you know, there, there's lots of draw. I mean, you know, even in production, there's 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 folks that basically keep the wheels moving, right? They 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 get pizzas or. You know, uh, uh, oh, geez, someone someone needs a big thing for a presentation. Cool, or they end up driving your uh, driving your your game when yeah. it has to be shown off and just because they have it. the time. Yeah. Right? Oh, executives are here! Quickly, go load the game. <laughs> I'll do it, sir. And and that's an incredibly valuable skill set. Yep. You know, and, and and then you know your level of trust goes up and so on. For for writers, you know, I remember my first assignment was write that fisherman who talked about fish. You know, and and you 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 build up from there, right? Hi. Um, my question is, is kind of similar. I'm looking at a, a career change from the mining industry. Um, but um, I'm, I'm kind of just wondering how... I'm having trouble, because I love games, uh, just narrowing down uh, what I want to aim for. How did you know that you were suited for game design or production or QA, that kind of stuff? I um, know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's an interest, in, a real passion for it, right? Like if that's something that you're sort of really interested in, then, then uh, you can test this again. Speak to some people in the industry. It's it's really important to to network uh, before getting into the industry, and, and you can then start to see the different types of personalities um, and and find out a little bit more about the jobs uh, before you start really kind of digging down the road. So um, that's probably the most important thing. So just get as much information, see, try and visit yourself in that sort of role that, um, when you're talking to someone. Yeah, try try different disciplines. Yeah. Uh, if uh, you need to force yourself to do it on a regular basis, that's probably not the discipline for you. But if you start doing it, you know, without even thinking about it, and that's what you stay up all night doing, then that's probably the the right one for you. Yeah, th there is something that helped me a lot 
that was hearing the idea that not just for getting hired but for the idea of being promoted was thing that like do the job you want to be promoted into essentially like if you want to be a lead start being a lead and then they'll give you the title like that's that kind of tends to be more how it works than the other way around I mean, I did a career change, for example. I was in a previous life uh, a journalist for computer graphics and uh, games, and I did marketing um, and PR for 3D software. And I realized that what I really liked is to critique things, to find problems, point out those problems, communicate those problems. Um, and, and that's where I thought, so how can I transfer the things that I know um, CG, marketing, PR, writing, um, editing, text, um, Photoshop, and so on into a different job. And this is where I said, okay, I, I just said in the beginning that I don't see QA as a foot in the door, but ultimately that's what I did when I said, okay, let's try and see in QA, maybe that's a path that will bring me somewhere where I think all my skills will come together. And then ultimately I said, this is what I really like, this is what my passion is for, and I stuck with what my passion is for. And I think that passion is really important, that you, know, you, you need to know what you want, what is your passion. So, um, my name is Matt, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my question is for, for Matt and Maso a little bit, too. Um, I um, Right now, the, the market is really competitive for getting into an art career, and I think a lot of times... You know, when you look at a description for a job, you're looking at, um, you know, must have all of this experience and this thing, and it's really overwhelming because, you know, for every one job, there's 20 people that could probably do it. So, um, I guess, like, would you would you recommend being good, like, incredibly good at one or two skills, or be a, sort of a jack of all trades and look at it from that perspective? And then the other question as well is just sort of like when you started with a major company, like finding the pace for like how quickly you have to produce art yeah. and, and just like being petrified of working for a big studio. Can you describe a little bit? Oh, yeah. For, for three years, I was terrified that someone was going to walk into my office and realize what I was being paid for and kick me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, actually, it was it was Matt Goldman. I, I saw him just step out. But he was he was the one that found me and hired me. And, and he's the art director on Dragon Age Inquisition right now. Um, and to speak to the your last question first, um, he he told me like sometimes just watch a movie, like because I, I came in and I was just like paranoid, like I need to produce, I need just so I like no one throws me out for doing this thing that I'm in love with, and I was I got burnt out after like two weeks. I just sat at my desk for a day, just like frozen because I had nothing, I I had nothing left, and so he just said like it's okay, you need to take in stuff from around the world and just like build up your inspiration again and, and like. Don't just lock yourself away and, and work. Um, so that, I found that really helpful. The other but thing is, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say that um, as to the as to the specified versus jack of all trade, like you, I would say, lean towards being specified. But there's you you like I find I I draw and I do stuff, but I find I'm doing like storyboarding stuff, stuff for marketing, stuff for paint overs, and like you you, you kind of just do things. So. I'd say lead strong with that thing that you love to do. Like that's because that's going to be where your strength is. That's going to be where you put in all your work. But but maybe if, if you have other interests as well, like let it bleed into those into those areas. And, and I, I got to say too, this is just sorry. I can this is a big one for me. Was that I was told by teachers that like there are a million kids that want to be an artist. So like plan to do something else. Like get. But it's like. At, you know, 13, thankfully, I'd watched enough Disney movies and my parents were encouraging enough that they said, like, no, well, yeah, a million kids want to do it, but I'm the millionth 
can't. Like, I'll be the one to do it. Somebody has to. And so try to get into that mentality, and you got to make the sacrifices. Like, there's something in your life right now that you know you can sacrifice and replace with hard work in order to just push yourself that, that extra mile. And I'd say just make the cut and just start fighting for it. Yeah, and keep in mind with job descriptions, oftentimes they're wish lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, at BioWare, you know, you may not get in on your first application. Keep applying. You know, if you look across the other game studios and look at their job openings, a lot of them tend to be senior. I don't know if you've come across that, but, um, you know, but keep applying. And if you're not working in the industry, create your own assignments and create your own projects. That way you can keep your skill set fresh, your work fresh, um, you know, keep talking and blogging and tweeting putting your stuff out there get involved in the communities around you not mm-hmm. only um you know networking events and, and gaming cons like this but then also um forums and see what people are talking about start connecting and you'll mm-hmm. start to connect those dots it does take a while don't be discouraged yeah and, and just and, keep and going and just uh, on that point um even if you don't see a job opening at the moment yeah. it doesn't hurt to reach out to the guys because i mean it, it I was talking to you for like a year before a job opening came up. So you know, it, it's worthwhile just, just stay in contact. Yeah, def- definitely. Worth it. There are actually there are three artists right now out there that send me their portfolios about once a year. Yeah. And and they have made such staggering improvement. I'm basically waiting until the day they're sitting beside me. Like, yeah. it, it's seriously, it may be a few years yet, but just watching the, the progress is tremendous. <laughs> and, you know, they're staying on my radar. They're like, it's so, yeah. Totally worth fighting for. Matt, oh sorry, just Matt. Are there are there contests and stuff like like I'm remembering CG Hub and oh, stuff. Yeah. They do theme yeah. things where it's like into even not just saying your own assignments, but going out into a community where they're like, okay, this week we're doing this challenge, and that can be really good because you're getting feedback around the theme that everyone's already kind of geared their brain up for. You, that way you don't get the yeah, it's good. You know, you get like no, no, but I was working on this. I was, and, and you can see all kinds of comparative stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So that can be very very powerful. Just to jump back on what Cameron said, Cameron and I actually had, had talked, it was about a year That's and a half more you, yeah, before yeah. he got hired, yeah. just dropping me notes saying, hey, what's what's happening, what's going on at Bioware, we'd love to get over there, um, you know, and we stayed in touch for a while, yeah. and then one day I'm like, I have an opening, <laughs> yeah. and Cameron, yeah. <laughs> and we just made things happen, yeah. and he was hired, you know, a couple of weeks later, so maintaining those relationships and well, establishing and establishing them and then maintaining them um, is really important. Not nagging. Don't nag. <laughs> no, 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 Please no. don't nag no. them. <laughs> Be real. Yeah. Right. We're all humans. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name's Chris, and uh, I come from a professional and creative writing background. So I was wondering. Um, I worked with a team of fellow writers on publishing a book over the past year from securing the grant through to uh, our upcoming launches. So I was wondering how would I... Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. Um, How would I optimize um, the different elements involved in that process, editing, securing uh, securing the grant, um, just anything in there? What elements are you looking for most on a resume? Which parts would stand out? What did you do most? Uh, I did mostly writing, editing, um, and also I'm I'm in charge of some of the bookings for um, the 
uh, book launches and organizing part of that. So. Let's call that out. That's probably some Yeah, case. maybe even putting together some case studies or a good overview, you know, to give us an idea of the breadth of, of your project and then including writing samples along with that. Um, yeah, it would, would be great to include as well. All right, thank you. Hi, my name's Ram. Uh, I'm interested actually in marketing and marketing management. So I was wondering to hear from anyone about what they look for in those kind of people, not to hire necessarily, but working with them as well. Uh, we don't have anyone from Mark. Is Jarrett around anywhere at the back? <laughs> <laughs> no. But I mean, as you, for you guys as developers, what do you look for in your marketing partners when you're working with them? Uh, so it's not a do as you say sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, Criti critical things I think are... Um, you know, where, where we interface with marketing is uh, that uh, marketing can, at the beginning, offer us a lot of feedback in terms of the competitive landscape, uh, you know, what are key features, and, and to some degree reading the tea leaves and understanding the future, where, where the trends are going, right? And, um, you know, in the ideal scenario, marketing is able to kind of work with analytics to kind of look forward and, and, and distill that down into, into developer speak. Um, in terms of the, the, the game itself, right? Um, what I find what I find marketing delivers the most is so okay, designers and, and stuff, what what it, what is your game? Help us to understand the entirety of your game and we will tell you the things that we think will, will help you stand out. Um, things that make you unique or that really are gonna capture the imagination and then helping to build a, a campaign around that idea that the uh, that that these are the things that, that that you know, sure, you've got a lot of stuff. You have walking. Every game has walking, but um, you know, is it is it dragons? Is it so on? And you know, so more recently, you know, with Inquisition, a lot of the discussion has been around you know the fact that you know, as an RPG, it's a, it's an experience, right? And the marketing guys are trying to say, well, how can we how can we help craft an experience? How can we help people um, look at Inquisition as more than just oh, it's a feature. It's it's more like okay, the sum of these parts combined together. And building a campaign, and, and working with partners, and getting key art, and all this—all these different elements that essentially work towards a single thrust and a single theme that help the game to kind of develop an identity. And our job as developers is to try and give you guys an honest appraisal of what what that identity could possibly be, based on features, based on our goals, based on our internal kind of drives, and and of course deadlines. I'd, I'd say too. I just want to add on the reverse of that. Um, one thing that's been great about our, our marketing team right now, and I, I kind of wish Jared was here, but it, um, is that they have a tremendous respect for what we do as well, and that, that even working with Jared, and it's like they have a perspective that we don't have, and so they can say this is how people respond to certain things. This is this is the data we have that that you know this works, this doesn't work. You want to lean more towards this and more towards that. So even at, on a day-to-day -day content creation level, we can be working towards building stuff that we know is going to send the right message that we're not we're not often left field like we know we want to say this they can help us say it in the right language so so having that relationship and building that up is, is like it's fantastic yeah it's often marketing can really help us because um, there is to my point a lot of stuff in our heads about what we want to try and create um, and marketing uh, in a really collaborative sort of environment can help you can help us actually understand more about the product that we're making so help us understand what is important what is not important where to focus and where to spend time so um, it's a back and forth relationship, and it's an, an embedded relationship. Uh, it's really powerful. So, yeah, that's what I just that that skill of being able to work with people and and uh, collaborate and, and, and brainstorm together, improvise. Um, my question is for the programmer. 
Uh, I know when a lot of people think about programming, there's a lot of, most people go to AI and then graphics programming. Is there any other programming that people don't think about or positions in there? Uh, well, I guess going back to the question earlier about, you know, what is what are the positions that are opening up in the next generation? Um, the main thing is to pay attention to the trends that you're seeing. Um, like we were talking about, um, games are now getting connected from many different de devices. You're seeing a lot of examples on the show floor with, uh, you know, companion apps, things like that. Uh, games are getting a lot more distributed. Uh, even even Inquisition, it's, uh, it's campaign, but we just announced this uh, Dragon Age Keep system, which is this cloud-based solution for uh, bringing your choices across. And that's, you know, games are getting more and more complex, being distributed over more and more systems, so being able to work with, uh, you know, server uh, APIs and things like that. Uh, that's also extremely valuable, and that's one of the positions we uh, struggle a lot uh, to hire for. I would add uh, user experience to that as well, mm -hmm. right? UI and UX programming are, are absolutely critical. We've always had, like, you know, we've always had great UI, UX programmers, but um, it's, you know, the thing is, when as soon as you're now developing a UI that needs to develop a consistent feel across multiple devices, uh, that becomes even more challenging, right? And, um, you know, th th those devices communicate. That's also kind of part of that same future push on gaming. But I think as well, you know, I talked about the visual fidelity fading. I think that, that we can make the games better and easier to play and more intuitive to control and so on. And some of my favorite programmers to work with are the guys who, are, they're working with the art team and the design team to somehow make it look, feel, play, and ultimately be an experience that a player can quickly pick up and understand. You know, but with whatever control system they're using. Yeah, so graphic artists and, and technical art, sorry, graphic programs and technical artists have always really had fun uh, and really valuable. And and um, really good gameplay programmers are incredibly awesome. Um, so yeah, actually, you know, even though it's not like a specialist, really high, high technical field, a, a gameplay programmer is wicked. Yeah, any role that can straddle multiple disciplines, yeah. like a, a gameplay programmer that has a good eye to, to game design or uh, a graphic programmer that has a good eye for, for art or a technical artist that, you know, understands the, um, the technical aspect of, um, uh, of the tools and the workflow, uh, those are really hard to find because it requires a huge investment in the individual's time to sort of learn two different disciplines. Point of clarity, shock. Are there any ones that are easy to find? Uh, no, 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 no. So anything is great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty much all good. Is I think the point we're taking away. And then we have we have programmers across uh, all disciplines. All disciplines. Um, whether you're an animation programmer, physics, rendering, graphics, tools, UI, server, client, front end, back end, um, QA. You know, QA. Yes, absolutely. Um, most of our programmers do do have a very good foundation in C++, um, C-sharp if you're more on the tool side, um, some WPF. If you're on um, the client and architecture side, um, Java, SQL is, is very helpful as well. But honestly, if you're getting an education in programming, really focus on C++. And don't forget, I mean, we have programmers across all those fields, but we also have programmers that are designers. And programmers that are artists and programmers that are in QA, like there, it's it's not just working in programming in the programming department. A good portion of our designers actually have um, CS degrees. So, I think all of my combat design team yeah. are, are computer science graduates, and more than half of my level designers as well. 
And and that helps the programming team immensely because mm. we don't get requ- requests that are just insanely impossible to implement. <laughs> so. Well, except for me. <laughs> Hi, my name's John. Um, I got to take a point to Cameron. He said working for a bank sucks, and I work for a bank, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in their IT department. Yeah. But um, my question is, uh, I'm actually from the Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania, um, and that's why I today and i'm wondering how important location is because the game scene in philadelphia today isn't that strong there's a couple small devs in the area and it's even you you have to know them to get involved with them and it's hard to like get your foot in the door there so i guess my question is does location matter like if i applied for a job here for an entry-level job um does that matter at all well we hire people from all over does it really matter if you're trying to break in um, location can sometimes be important, but just knowing that you're willing to relocate is huge. Yeah. And I would m- definitely mention that on, on the top of your resume or your cover letter to let us know. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously I moved from Australia to Philadelphia. It was, it was a no-brainer for me. I just pick up and go, right? And uh, the guys are really good at helping you move, so that's fantastic. Uh, and in Melbourne, where, where I grew up and where I started my career, the games industry died well. So I didn't have a lot of choices about what I wanted to do. I knew that AAA games, big games, RPGs in particular, was what I wanted to do. So I knew I had to move overseas at some point. Um, so, yeah, dedication. Uh, and just uh, if there's anything you can do, even in Philadelphia, while you're still looking, then do that. So really try and reach out to those guys um, that are in Philadelphia and working with the side projects with them will, will help while you're you know, chatting to HR about opportunities. So, There's also, I mean, we do have to be considerate of the fact that we are, um, like the Bioware Edmonton Montreal studios are obviously in Canada, and we have to um, make sure we fulfill the immigration requirements. So for a lot of the, I'll, I have to be very honest with you here, for a lot of the entry-level positions, it's more difficult, obviously, to get somebody across the border because we have to prove to the Canadian government that we can't find an, uh, a, a candidate or a somebody in in Canada that can do the job however that doesn't yeah yeah Austin's excellent yeah. but I mean and I'm I'd be very you know inappropriate I guess I don't know I, there's lots of great game companies where we're one of them but hey get experience there and come work yeah. for us later yeah. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it very yeah true. yeah, yeah. I can see we're, uh, we're getting short on time here, uh, so we're going to take two last uh, quick questions. And then uh, this panel is graciously uh, uh, lending their time to us to have you come up. And uh, I believe if you've got some things you brought with you that you'd like to get signed, uh, I'd be happy to do that. If we didn't get to your question, um, feel free to come up and talk to us. Uh, hi. Uh, <laughs> hi, my name's Ryan. Uh, I have a background in customer service. In fact, actually, I've been in customer service for the better part of a decade myself. And I know that you got, none of you guys are in that particular department, but I was wondering if that is something that there is some room for that in in the gaming industry, or should I start looking at going back to school and going into another kind of programming? We do hire in customer service. I do think it depends on the studio and and what type of game that they develop there. Um, I know in our in our Austin studio, sometimes we hire um, to support our MMO games. Um, and there's other studios around uh, EA as well that, that do hire. Um, they tend to be in very specific locations, though. I, honestly, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but if you if you went onto our site, you could probably find those customer service um, roles on there and get an idea of where we're hiring the bulk of those people um, in, 
remote location. Yeah, you can also think about uh, like the sort of community side of things. It's not far off that route kind of thing. So, um, and and we have those in, in Edmonton, so it's not impossible. I know I know Austin has one of the big customer service centers mm-hmm. in terms of that too. So <laughs> just from one of the locations, but they are they are across multiple places. I've been there. It's pretty swanky. Yeah. Their desk is nicer than mine. <laughs> You're never at your desk. That's true. <laughs> that, that, that might be why. Yes, yes. There's a couple of the office is mine. Yes. Yeah. Hi, um, Cameron. It's really great to hear an Australian on the board. Actually, I, I came from um, I came from Melbourne for PAX to um, oh, help cool. uh, promote an indie to indie tiles that I've been working on. Really, you came here from. From, from Melbourne, Melbourne. Just yep. Yep. Rock on. Did you know there was one in, in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to tell you, much tinier than this one. Um, in Australia, the industry is quite, you know, it's starting to get get the ball rolling, but it's still really quite small. And you can say to someone, oh, you know, I'm, I'm doing game development. And they go, that's great, yeah. You're not a delicate snowflake. Um, you know, when are you going to study teaching? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's very much, there's not much room for it anywhere there. And obviously I've been looking at um, applying for, you know, once my portfolio is up to scratch, applying for a, for different larger companies around the world, and um, and especially Bioware, I love Bioware. But um, I suppose what's the whole difficulty with if I'm looking overseas? Do I, you know, would I move there first, or would I try my luck contacting companies? And how likely is it that I would be hired over? So what you address before someone who's closer in geography? Um, I get. I mean, you can speak to the the hiring stuff, but yeah. um, I took years of building up experience before I, I joined by, Bioware, so, um, you know, you may need to do that. Melbourne, Melbourne's really hard. I mean, there's, there's great resources, the GDAA and all, you know, all that sort of stuff that you know about. Um, there's lots of indies to get involved with. Um, there's government grants that you can use, obviously, with the indie stuff, as you would know. Um, all of that's really good, And then, but if you then want to move, you could potentially look at, I mean, even Sydney might have some stuff still. There's the Team Bondi guys, that, or ex-Team Bondi guys that have sort of built something up. Brisbane now? Okay. Um, so you might want to do that sort of stuff first, um, and there might be some other countries like Singapore, etc., which may have a better opportunity to move straight in as sort of like a, a, a junior position. Um, so there's Ubisoft there and other you know, big companies. Um, so maybe try and build up that experience if it's too hard. Right. To come across. I mean, like straight like there. we were talking. Yeah, yeah. You, it might not be a straight across move. Um, we have had people that have come on working holidays and then they've gotten a position with us. But what happens is, what and it's, it's such a sad conversation that I get to have with them is, okay, that's really great. Um, we could hire you for a contract because it was a, you know, uh, a, a more junior level role. But you don't have the experience to be able to get a work permit through the company and. And at the end of your contract, you're going to have to leave the com- country. And I'm, and I, it's such a sad. And they, you know, I work with them, and they're trying to figure out all these different routes. And they're like, I saw on the website this, and I saw on the, I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it, you know. So have you spoken to Iron Monkey, like the EA's mm. Iron Monkey group? Okay. Yeah. Okay, we can sync up afterwards, yeah. and I can do some contacts with you. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, well, on that note, thank you all so much for coming to see us. Um, we hope you had a good time here at our first panel of the day. We've got lots more coming over the next what, three days. <laughs> uh, so come back and see us again. Uh, big round of applause for our panelists.
And that brings us to the end of this episode's Bioware-based panel coverage. We hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at NerdAppropriate, or Facebook, slash NerdAppropriate. Email us directly. That is Matt, Hillary with one L, Scott or Ash at NerdAppropriate.com. And we have uh, over 100 episodes to check out. So definitely subscribe and let us know what you think. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.